Jana, thank you so much. Now you're not like a tightwad like Todd and not want me to use his mic. Where did Todd go? You heard me. He knows. He don't, he don't want to share slobber with me. But Jana will share some. You know, man, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. Got my Bible. I was picking on Todd. It's funny how some things uh, just are pet peeves, ain't they, Todd? Like me sounding good, Mike Wise. <laughs> We're in a series on the word woe. And uh, if you're here and you didn't get to get that, I just want to catch you up real quick. Last week we talked about the word woe and we talked about the Pharisees and, the, and how the Lord just uh, really... Uh, there was only one group of people that the Lord just, you know, got on to, couldn't stand, despised. Can you say despised with me? Say despised. There was one group of people. Now, we know a loving Jesus. We know a kind Jesus. We know a Jesus who helped the woman at the well, who healed the sick and the blind, and he was caring and he was compassionate, and he fed over 5,000. We love and know that Jesus. But the same Jesus, the same Jesus also couldn't stand a group of people. And they were the Pharisees. They were the hypocrites. They were the hypocrites of the world. They knew how to play church. Some of you this morning came in here to play church. You got all dressed up. You got your Bible. You got your good look on. You drove over. You got peace fish hanging off your back of your car. You got all things looking awesome and great. But, but you know how to play church. You know the right things to say, the right things to do. God's not concerned about how good we play things. He's concerned about our heart. Somebody ought to hear me this morning. God's worried about our heart condition. So last week we got into this series on woe, and let me just bring you up to speed. As, as I bring you up to speed this morning, woe means cursed. Woe means condemned. Woe means damned. When he got on these hypocrites, when Jesus got on these hypocrites, I want you to understand this is all from the Bible. This ain't from me. This is from the Lord. When he got on, can you say get on, say get on. Sometimes you just got to get on somebody. Anybody ever had to get on somebody? You had a co-worker that didn't want to work, you had to get on them. You had some kids didn't want to clean their room, you had to get on them. Sometimes you just got to get on some folks. Well, Jesus got on these folks, these Pharisees, and, and where we're at today. They called him over to the house, and, and, and all of them was washing their hands and stuff, and, and Jesus didn't wash his hand. And we used an illustration last week. We used an illustration. I found a dirty cup that somebody had drank out of and left a dirty spoon in, and they probably licked the spoon and stuff. Everybody remember the message last week? And how the, 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 what, what he said to the Pharisees is, you clean the outside, but the inside is dirty. How many people do we know like that today? They go to churches all over the world, not just this one, but all over the world. They clean the outside. They look good. They all they got the logos. They got the look. They got, they got the Bible. They got all the fancy stuff. They know the King James backwards and forwards. They know everything, but they got no love in them. They hate people. They're mad. They're upset. Last night, you know, not taken away from anything that was good, but I had one particular person come up to me and just chew me out. And I was like, you're missing the point. The point is not whether I did this so good or I did this not good enough. The point is I did it with my heart. 
And when you do stuff with your heart, God will bless. So God is not looking at the outside. He's looking at the inside. God's not concerned about your tattoos, your piercing. I went to a conference one time, and this Pastor Richard, man, he said the best people in his church, the most Holy Spirit-filled people, were the people that had blue and green hair. And I'm not talking about grandmas or grandfathers. I'm talking about youngsters who had blue, green, red, rainbow hairs. They get up and they just praise God. They just praise God. And he said some of the most Holy Spirit people in my church, they were over 60. They were serving everywhere. You got 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, and they won't serve a lick. But you get some 50, 60, 70-year-old folks, they're at everything. See, God is not concerned about how clean the cup is on the outside. He's concerned about the heart. So he uses this word, whoa. Touch somebody and say, whoa. He, oh, there it is. Wow. And it's in my favorite color. So he uses this word, whoa. Miss Betty, I did it right this week. Did you see Miss Betty? I did it right. <laughs> whoa, the word whoa. Last week, Coop said, whoa. So we use the word whoa, and Jesus used the word whoa. It's not something we use in the English language all the time, but it's something Jesus used to condemn the hypocrites, the Pharisees, the ones that talk the talk but never walk the walk, the ones that made the outside look good but their heart was just nasty, the ones that shut the pornography off when people walked in the room, the one that put the breast mint in their mouth to cover up the liquor smell, so nobody else knew. See, God knows what you really are. And he used the word woe to condemn the Pharisees, the hypocrites. So that tells me and you this. Pay attention. Pay attention. If somebody's talking, pop them. Listen, pay attention. That you and I don't want to be a hypocrite. Because this means cursed. It means the word woe is cursed. It's damned. He called those people sons of hell. You whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside, but you, that, that's what we did last week. Now, let's get into this week because it just gets better. It just gets better. And so he says, and, and uh, everybody's good? Where are we at? Luke 11, part 2, verse 42. Go there with me. Got my Bible? Verse 42. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tied mint and rue and all the manners of herbs, but you pass judge, ju but you pass by justice and love of God. These you ought to have done without leaving the other one done. Let me read that again so you can grab it. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tied mint and rue and all manners of herbs and pass by justice. And the love of God. These you ought to have done without leaving the other one. What he's saying here, Cowboy Church, is this. He said, woe to you because you give a tenth of your mint and your rue and all kinds of your garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter instead of the former, Jesus is saying. The first thing he says to them is, woe to the latter because you give a tenth of all your stuff, but you're neglecting the things that are far more important, like showing justice to the poor and loving the poor. Can I, can I, can I break that down for you in English? 
if you're in your pantry and you're ready to feed, you're ready to feed the poor. Listen to me. Look up here. If you're in your pantry and you want to help out this holiday season, and you're ready to, to, to help the needy, the homeless, the sick, the shut-in, and you go in your pantry and you say, you know what, I'm going to be a good little old Christian today, and I'm going to get stuff out of my pantry, it's full anyway, I'm going to get this stuff, I'm going to bag it up, and I'm going to take it down to the homeless shelter. But if what you're taking is you wouldn't eat yourself, what kind of Christian are you? So you got this group of people, and they tithe. They give, but they don't give from the heart, Scott. They give, and that's a good illustration I just showed you because sometimes we clean out the pantry and mama's bought too many peas. I don't like peas. Mama's bought too many yams. I never ate a yam in my life, and I have no problem not eating it for the rest of my life. Cream of mushroom. Who does that? One time I was sick and I had a bad cough, and I thought, I want to give me some soup. Oh, cream of mushroom. No, that ain't soup. That's nasty. So if you go into the pantry and you get out these few things that you're not going to eat, you're not going to want, it's been in there a long time, you're not giving with love, Connie. If you're not going to give something just to get rid of it because you want to give it away, but you're not going to eat it anyway, you're not going to do it anyway, then you're not giving with love. What Jesus says is when you give, yes, give. Give the latter, but also give the former. I'm going to teach you something. Pay attention. This is something that everybody needs to learn. Like showing justice to the poor, loving the poor. You see, the Pharisee does, he obeys the commandments. He gives his tithes. He gives exactly his tithe, but he leaves his heart out of it. You can't give and leave your heart out of it. Hear me over here. You can't give and leave your heart out of it. If you're going to give, you need to give from the heart. If you're going to give, God's looking at your heart. You can't give your tithes and leave your heart out of it. You can't give, give a coat to somebody and say, man, I should have never gave my coat away. Now I'm cold. God wants to look at our heart. God says, you, you, you give in your tithes, Pharisees, but you ain't putting your heart in it. When was the last time, Jason, you gave from your heart? When was the last time you gave from your heart? You saw that there was a need. The need needed to be met. God tugged on your heart. You didn't resist the Holy Spirit, and you gave from your heart. Oh, what a feeling that is when you give with your heart. Somebody praise him. Oh, what a feeling it is to serve with your heart, to love with your heart. Here you got this group of people. Pay attention. Don't lose this. Don't lose this. This will change your entire life. I told you this series is better than any I've ever preached before. It's life-changing. He says, he, he commands them. He says, you see what a Pharisee does? He obeys the commandment, but he leaves his heart out of it. He obeys a bunch of rules, but he leaves his heart out of it. He goes to church, but his heart don't go to church he loves his wife but he also lusts after women that's what a hypocrite does they kiss and smooch all over their wife or their husband but they're cheating on them you tell your friend I'll be there for you but you really won't that's what a hypocrite does you say oh yeah I'll help I'll help let me put mines in and, and you pull out a hundred and a one and you show them and the, and the one goes down the sleeve so you can put it in your pocket later, and you put the one in. God's looking at everything. 
Brothers and sisters, if I can't tell you one thing other than I've ever told you before, is God's looking and sees and watches over and knows all things. Somebody ought to grasp that tonight, this morning. God sees and knows all things. So listen, he doesn't, here's what the Pharisees do. They obey a bunch of rules, but they don't have their heart in it. He doesn't love the people. And you got to understand this, church. Jesus taught in the New Testament, and we're a New Testament church. We're in a New Testament day. Jesus taught to love people. Jesus calls them out on their love for people. He says, oh, yeah, you're tithing. You're doing it right, but you're not putting your heart in it. You're doing the latter, but you're not doing the former. It's like paying the hokey pokey. You put your left foot in, but your right foot's out. Some of you come to church, and I don't even understand it. But your heart's not in the church. Your heart's wondering what time the ball game's coming on. I don't understand it. You want the God that will take you to heaven, but you don't want the God that will save you right now. You want the God that will deliver you one day from the grave, but you don't want him to deliver you from the problems that life holds every day. So you turn to substance, you turn to stuff, and, and it destroys you and it takes from you. And listen to me. He says to him in the New Testament, he said, if you do all this other stuff, if you give all this stuff, if, if you count your tithes, if you do all this stuff, he says, if you do it and you don't have love, you've done nothing. If I come up here and I do a lot of stuff, but I don't have love, i got nothing. Paul says it like this. Pay attention. Pay attention. Paul says it like this. If I give my body to the flames, if I sell all my possessions, Todd, and I give them to the poor, and I don't do it with love. I've done it in vain. I'll get nothing for it. I guess in English, I'll get nothing for it. I love what he says. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. If I give everything I've done, if I've surrendered all my possessions, if my body to the flame, but it doesn't profit me unless I do it with love. How many know if you do something with love, it's always going to prosper you? It will always profit you. If I don't love them, I got to love. You got to love. I got to love and you got to love. I, I, I want you to be still for a minute. There's too many people moving around. Listen, I got to love and you got to love. And we're right in the holiday season. And we got family that don't know Jesus. We got neighbors that don't know Jesus. We're going to meet strangers that don't know Jesus. And what good is it on the, to put on the ugly sweater? Because everybody has one and you like to wear it. You like to be all cool with your ugly sweaters. It's a fad now. Like, and I have an ugly sweater. It's cool. When I was a kid, you had an ugly sweater. You took it off. You had a T-shirt up on it. Your mom said, wear that sweater. It's cold outside. You got out there. You took it and you hid it behind a tree and you picked it up on the way back. You put it all in. It had some sticks in it. But now, but now, having an ugly sweater, getting out there, showing off, getting your, I, I, I'll tell you, I thought Santa was the only one that was supposed to wear the red hat. Now, every past Thanksgiving, every person in the world got a Santa hat on. Y'all see them? They got that Santa hat on, but they don't give. They want people to think they give. 
They're in the holiday spirit. But would they really invite a homeless person into their house to eat? Jesus is talking to these hypocrites, these Pharisees. He says, if you don't love, you don't profit. It's New Testament teaching. It's what Jesus taught. It was his greatest commandment. As Granny didn't know that I was preparing this, she had already said it. To love your neighbor, to love God, and to love your neighbor. Those are the greatest commandments. Come on, somebody. What Jesus is saying to these Pharisees is you obey a bunch of rules. You put everything out on the table. You divide it up. You do divide it up, and you do it with the right heart. You give 10% of everything that comes back to God. And the Pharisees were so, watch this. Any meticulous people in here? Hey, any meticulous people in here? Todd, you're a liar. Raise your hand, boy. Any more, Connie, you better raise your hand back here. I know you got a sore arm. Any meticulous people that got to have the Pacific, the right, the, my wife is like that. I am not like that. My wife is like that. Let me tell you how I round. I round up. If I got $75, I tell everybody I got 100 I do. Hey, how much did that car? Uh, it cost uh, $2,550. My wife gets the bill. It was 3000 Do you not know how to add? Do you not know? I said, that don't matter. But the Pharisees were so meticulous, Joe. They were so, they were so anal about their giving. They were so anal that everybody, they wanted everybody to see them. They were so anal. Just, just say this. Watch this. I'm giving this up. It came out of my pantry. And I am a Kraft macaroni and cheese lover. So I'm giving this up to the Lord today. Sacrifice. I don't care how old you are. Macaroni and cheese shows up and brings a smile to your face. I don't care who you are. I don't care. But the Pharisees were like this. Let's just say somebody gave you a box of macaroni. Listen, listen, don't lose this. Somebody gave you a box. Somebody, see, when the Pharisees got a gift, they got a box of macaroni and cheese. They got a gift. They got herbs. They got, they got spices, they got things. They were so meticulous that they were told they were so meticulous that they would pour it all out on the table. They would pour it all out on the table for everybody to see. I, I, I love this illustration. Uh, say somebody gave you a box of macaroni and cheese and you say, okay, it's a gift and I'm going to pour it out on the table and I'm going to separate one for God and nine for me. Jesse, come back up, man. Now I need your help. So what the Pharisees would do with everything that they made, they would take, Jesse, this is what you got to do. You got to take your hands out your pocket. One for God and nine for you. Do that for me. One for God, nine for you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So they would, he would add up, they would add it, they would be so precise. They make sure they got theirs. You know, greedy people always make sure they get theirs. Hypocrites always make sure they get theirs. Do it again. One for God and nine for you. 
They would, they would divide all this stuff up. They would God, that's God. Nine for you, Jesse. You keep doing that till I'm done. And you'd separate all these noodles, and you'd come to church. The Pharisees would come to church, and they'd drop all their noodles in the offering. Don't do that next week to me. There's one in the bunch already had a scheme, and I gotta get him next week. They would come to church, Richard, and they'd take their percent and they'd put it in their pocket and they'd take what was specifically. They wouldn't give any more. They wouldn't give any less. But they wanted everybody to see what they gave. We know people like that right now. They want everybody to see them. Look at me. Here I am. God says, you can do all that you want to. You can have all the fame and fortune you want in this world. But I'm looking here, buddy. I'm looking here, girl. Keep going. Don't stop. Keep going. The whole thing is yours. Have fun. Everything, everything I get, they would make sure that they gave God 10%. Here's what the Pharisees did. Now, get this. Grab this. I'm not done. Listen, you want to grab this. Now, did Jesus tell them not to do that? Did Jesus tell them not to give? No, Jesus told them to give. But he said you do the latter, but you don't do the former. What he said is, you're giving, yeah, that's great. But if you don't put your heart in it, it ain't worth a darn. Can I say worth a darn in church? Yeah. You don't, you, you give, but you don't give with your heart. And if you're not giving with your heart, that's not worth a darn. That's not worth anything. It's priceless. It's, it's nothing. Paul says, if I give you all my possessions to the poor, but I don't give you my heart, it's not worth nothing. He's telling them, I don't want you to stop giving 10% to the poor. I just want you to give them with your heart. And he goes on to say this. Now, this is great. Jesus said, I'm watching you. You're not giving them any justice. You just read that. He says, yeah, you give your 10%. You make sure the poor's got something to eat. But you don't give them any justice. Don't we do that, church? We see a homeless person. We think we're better than them. We see someone down on their luck, addicted to drugs or alcohol. We forget where we came from real quick. And we play all high and mighty. And we don't help them. We actually say, here's a dollar. Here, here, man, go away. We ought to be ashamed of ourselves. We ought to be ashamed of ourselves. When someone's out there, we're not better than them, folks. These Pharisees, they didn't give them no justice. They didn't give them a chance. They had no love in their heart. They lived in high society houses. They lived on, on big places. They, 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 they had it all together, but they didn't give them no justice. Now, this is Jesus. This ain't Mark Grimes. This is Jesus. He said, give them justice. Give them the, the love. Those are the two things they weren't getting. Yeah, they were getting 10%. They were getting, the, they were getting, the they were, they were getting their stuff, but, but, but they weren't getting no justice. Keep going. He said, give them justice. Give them love. 
those are two things they weren't getting. Why? 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 Because they were looked down upon. The Pharisees, the hypocrites, they looked down on them. They shunned them. If you didn't live on the right side of the tracks, you were shunned. When I was a kid, my parents couldn't afford no high-dollar shoes. So we got whatever was on sale. Most of the time it was tracks. Anybody remember what tracks were? Anybody ever have some tracks? Where did tracks come from? Tracks came from Kmart. Walmart was starting to gain some momentum. Walmart back in the day, remember Walmart was back in the day and it started gaining some momentum? My parents still went to Kmart. And we got track shoes. And everybody else had Nikes, penny loafers. I told my daddy one time, I said, Daddy, give me some of those penny loafers. He said, I ain't got a penny to put in the loafer. <laughs> ain't going to do you no good, boy. You start to, you start to, to look down on, upon somebody. Because they don't have what you got. They don't have a nice car. Some people in this church, you know who you are. You don't even give nobody a second chance. You think you're better than them. You act like you're better than them. Some people outside of this church really need God's love, but we don't approach them because of where they're at. It don't matter where they're at. Jesus approached them all where they were at. Get this this morning. Get this. Give them justice. Give them love. Those were the two things they weren't getting. Why? Because they were looked down. And ain't that familiar in church today? Ain't that familiar in church today? Right now we got so many people preaching health, wealth, and prosperity. If you do this and you put your money in that offering bucket, you're going to get healthy. You're going to get wealthy. You're going to prosper. That's a lie from Satan. If the only reason you're putting in that bucket is to get health, wealth, or prosperity, you bought into the sucker's game. And so many people are teaching that today. When you give, you give from the heart. Even when you're sick, you should give. Even when you're sick, even when you're unhealthy, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about your time, your talent, your treasure. Brady was in the hospital, and I took him a gift. I, I took him some candy. I didn't know he was a diabetic. Until <laughs> I walked in the room, and I realized, oh, man, he's a diabetic. And I, he said, you know, I can't eat that. I said, well, I'm just going to entice you, I guess. I said, well, you know what you can do? When a nurse walks in here or a doctor walks in here, give them a piece of this candy. Give them some of this candy. Show them love. You're sick, Brady. You don't feel good. You're hurting. You've been in the hospital for a week. You want out of here. Give them love. You know, people say, well, Brother Mark, the Bible says we reap what we sow. That is the truth. But if you're just sowing to reap, you're missing it, brother. These Pharisees, they would sow, they would do what they, they would they would give their tent to God, but they would keep so much for themselves. And people assume that if you're poor today, listen, how many believe this? Somebody listen. How many believe this? People assume if we're poor that we're not close to God. People think if we're broke that we're not living right with God. That's not true. Sometimes the best Christians suffer the most. 
Sometimes the best Christians go through the hardest times. Sometimes the best Christians, all they can do is what they can do right now. But they know this. Hey, listen, they know this. Their reward ain't here anyway. And people assume that if you're poor, you're not right with God. If you're sick, you're not right with God. If, if you don't live on the right side of the tracks, you're not right with God. That's the way the hypocrites believe. That's the way the Pharisees believe. How horrible is that? You're in sin. Something's wrong with you. And people look down on you. So they assume that, that, that they, they have an opinion that, that, that just because things ain't lining up with the stars the way they think they should, that you're beneath them somehow. Lord, never let me, never, ever let me. Ever let me not treat people the way they need to be treated. And Lord, never let you not treat people the way they should be treated. When I first got saved, I'm done. I'm done. Listen, when I first got saved, I'd see a homeless person on the street. And man, I had compassion for them. I loved them. And I would help them. Because God was blessing me, and I wanted to be a blessing to somebody else. And they gathered around the McDonald's downtown Waco area. When I was a kid, I worked at that McDonald's, and homeless people would come up there, and we would make fun of them. We'd throw things at them. We'd cuss at them. They'd come in there. We would do all kinds of stuff and make fun of them. When I was a kid, I didn't know no better. Sometimes before Christ, we just don't know better. But after Christ, we ought to get some sense. Touch somebody and say, get some sense, man. Touch three people and say, get some sense. I don't want anybody to be left out. If you didn't get touched, let me come touch you. Sometimes, listen, listen. Oh, touch, okay, okay, good. All right, gotcha. Gotcha. So, so let me tell this story and I'm done. Let me tell you this story and I'm done. So before I knew better, so before I knew better, I would treat those homeless people like they were beneath me. So once I got saved, homeless people would come into my life. All of a sudden, God has a funny way of fixing you. And so homeless people would come into my life all the time. All the time. People in need would come into my life all the time. So I remember doing this, and, and, and I've taught this, and I'm probably wrong, and I wish I wouldn't have taught this, but, but I, 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 I would give you $20. If you were homeless, I would reach into my pocket, and I'd say, Brother, I want to bless you. And, I, and they say, oh, thank you. I hadn't eaten weeks. I hadn't ate. I said, here, here's $20. And they would put their hand on the 20 and I would hold it too. And I said, look in my eyes, boy. Look in my eyes, girl. Because I do boys, men, women, it didn't matter to me. This money belongs to God. And if you take this money and you buy drugs or alcohol, I pray you get so sick you almost die. And you wind up in the hospital on your deathbed. Because this is God's money. And God gave me this money and I'm giving it to you because I'm such a great Christian. And if you use it to buy liquor at the liquor store, I pray you get so sick you almost die. I had some of them not even take it. 
But others would take it. I'm being honest with you. I'm not telling you I was perfect. I was trying. I was trying to do the right thing, but I didn't know how to do the right thing. These Pharisees, they knew how to do the right thing, but they didn't do the right thing. They knew that Jesus came so that he would love and save the world. But he came into his own and his own didn't receive him. So, one day I'm boasting about how I do things. And I'm with these bikers. And one of them happens to be a chaplain. And he has a ministry and they reach out to addicts. And me and Mary had him over for supper one night. And we called him Chap, and he rode over on his motorcycle, and we fellowshiped with him, and we had good conversation. He was telling me about some homeless people that were living in his house, and he had one staying in his shed out back. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, me too. I help the homeless people. But you know what I do, Chap? I tell him, here's my money, man. You better not use it for dope, this and that and the other. He said, whose money? And you tell him, what? He said, why don't you just give? Don't just give it to him. Because God gave to you, and he didn't put no stipulations on man. God began to bless you, and he didn't say, okay, if you turn your back on me, you make some mistakes, you slip up and cuss sometimes, you judge people sometimes, I'm going to take all your blessings away. He said, why don't you just give from your heart? I felt about that tall in my living room. And Chap was only four foot eleven. No joke, no joke, no joke. He was a small man, a short man. But in stature, he taught me a great big lesson. That when I give, I should give from the heart. When you give, you should give from your heart. Jesus said, woe to you who don't. You are cursed, you are damned. You're cursed, you're damned. You take all this for you. You take all this for you. You got all this you could be doing. And God says, I'll put all this in there if you do it right. God says, I'll add to you. Keep doing that. If you'll do it right. So they didn't receive the same justice. So what Jesus taught here was, I see you give 10%, but you're not giving with your heart. The issue is the heart. You just don't want to pass the bucket, put something in it, and walk away. You want to see some life get changed. That's what I do. I tie too. I tie too. So when I give, I give to God. And I want to see somebody's life get changed. And if I was the only one here giving, I would still give. Because I want to see somebody's life get changed. I want to see somebody get delivered. I want to see some marriage come back together. 
I want to see something incredible happen because God is still in the miracle business. So if you'll put yours in with God's, somebody grab that. So if you'll let God all in, instead of excluding a little bit and keeping a lot for yourself, if you'll put God in everything, in everything you'll be blessed, especially when it comes to other people. See, that's what God's desire, that we just don't obey a bunch of rules and leave our heart out of it because that's what the Pharisees did. God's desire is that you would actually love the people that the tides are going to. God's desire is that you would actually love these people in this community, your neighbor. It's funny because Granny's like antique. How old are you, Granny? No, I'm not talking like joke. I mean, you're, 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 how old are you? The way you do things is antique to a young man like me. It's ancient. Not, why are y'all making this a big deal? I'm going to pass this on to you. Listen. Shh, I'm done. What she does is antique. And antiques are valuable. <laughs> antiques are cherished. Antiques are sought out. Antiques are collected. Putting... Putting apples in your car. Putting bottled waters. You know what I do? I don't do apples, but I do change well. I put my change in my cup holder. And when I say change, I might break a 10 and buy $7 worth of drinks, and there's $3 there. And I might go tomorrow, and I might buy a Happy Meal because I'm hungry, and I do two Happy Meals sometimes, like the double whopper thingamajiggies. <laughs> and it might cost $7, and I put the $3 there. Now, if my kids don't get it, every time I see someone in need, I make sure that they do. When the Holy Spirit tells me. I want you to grab this this morning. Love your neighbor. And love God. And love giving. This holiday season. Give with your heart. Don't be like a Pharisee's. Don't be like a hypocrite. Don't bake cakes and, and stuff and, and cookies and box them all up and give them to all your neighbors and expect anything back. Oh, I know if I give them some stuff, they might get me a TV. <laughs> Darlene, if it only worked that way, we'd all be baking cookies. But what if we gave the cookies and it changed their life? What if we gave them a turkey and it was all they had and they were so grateful to God. Antiques are beautiful, precious, and valuable. 
and you are one. And I seek to be like her and other antiques. And you're precious and valuable to God's eyes. There are no right sides of the tracks and wrong sides of the tracks. There's only one track. Well, maybe two. One going to heaven and one going to hell. Which train are you on this morning? Every head bowed and every eye closed. We're going to baptize some in a minute. But not without giving you the opportunity to get right with the Lord. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If anything you don't want to be is a hypocrite. There's nothing else in this world you want to be another than a hypocrite. You do not want to be a hypocrite. You do not want to be a hypocrite. Colin Sells is up here on the front row with me. I don't know how many times I've kind of written that boy off. But man, I say to myself, every time I see him come to youth, every time I see him come to church, I say, this is the Sunday that God is going to do some amazing things in his life. God got a hold of him about two months ago. I'm so glad that he's here this morning. And Colin, I love you so much. And I'm so glad God didn't write you or me off. Because I was just like you. I did everything you did times ten. Now you and I got to help others to find the right path, buddy. God is blessing you, ain't he, boy? Your ability to ride bulls as a man opened up a door for you to get another truck. What God's doing for Colin, he wants to do for all of us. The way God is growing this old pastor who's not perfect, God wants to grow you too. If you're here this morning and you need to pray and ask Jesus into your life, pray with me right now. Just say, Dear Lord, I want to lean on you this morning. I've tried all my ways and they ain't worked. But today I need you, Jesus. Nobody ever loved me. And I felt discriminated against. I felt isolated and homeless. I've turned to drugs. I've turned to alcohol. But this morning, I'm turning to you, Jesus. If that's you, slip up your hand. Let me see it. Yes, thank you, Jesus, Father. Thank you, God. I'm turning to Jesus. Thank you on the left, on the right, in the middle. God is so good. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Pray with me right now. Just say, dear Lord, I give you my heart this morning. I'm not just giving 10%. I'm giving all of me today. I give you my heart, my mind, my body, my soul. And I'm going to live for you from this day forward. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for dying. Pray that with me. Say, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Today, come into my life. I make you my personal Lord and Savior. 
Mean that when you say it. Mean it. Don't be like them Pharisees, them hypocrites that say it today and they'll, they'll live it tomorrow. Mean it right now. Just say, Lord, come into my life and save me. Today I make you my personal Lord and Savior. And I'm going to live for you from this day forward. If you're here today and you really don't give from the heart, but you've had a heart change today, Slip your hand up. Let me see you. Say, Brother God, Brother Mark, God's working on my heart. I want to give. I want to love people. Slip your hand up. It's hard. Granny said it was hard. I know it's hard. Shoot. Pastor Mark's hard in heart right now. God is fixing with this series. Lord, you saw them raise their hands all over this place. Father, fix all of our hearts. Make us give. Not to get, but to give because you gave so much to us. Every breath we take is a gift. You don't withhold them from us, Lord. Lord, we honor you with this service. So we get our hearts right going into this holiday season. Let us help our neighbor and love our friends and encourage our loved ones to turn to Jesus. I pray all these things in his mighty name today. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen. Give my little helper, Jesse, a big round of applause. Amen. Hallelujah.